you have a moment in healthcare where it's like, whoa, the technology like caused somebody to hurt themselves. We got to stay away from generative yeah. AI now. And if, if as an industry, healthcare stays away from generative AI for patient facing or, you know, member facing use cases, I mean, the, the technology is evolving so quickly. Yeah. Welcome back to Startup Health Now, the podcast where we celebrate the entrepreneurs and innovators who are transforming health. I'm your host, Logan Plaster. Last week, I got to travel down to Nashville to meet up with 7,000 of my closest friends at the Vive Conference. The event gave us a chance to bring together dozens of the companies from the Startup Health ecosystem, which was awesome because over the last decade plus in business, we have found that this community building where like-minded folks can connect, share struggles and ideas, and then forge meaningful partnerships is absolutely a critical piece to tackling health moonshots. As Stephen Krein, Startup Health CEO, likes to remind us, it took hundreds of thousands of people and 20,000 companies or more collaborating to get a man on the moon and safely back again. While I was at Vive, my job was to gather the stories of health moonshot progress through interviews in the Startup Health TV studio. 45 amazing people came through the studio over two and a half days, and we'll be sharing out that content on our YouTube channel in coming weeks. So make sure you're subscribed at youtube.com slash startup health. Out of all those interviews, a few stood out as particularly timely. And so I wanted to share them here with our podcast listeners. The conversation I'm highlighting today was with Victor Wang, CEO and founder of care.coach. Out of everyone I talked to at Vive, Victor is the founder closest to the tip of the spear of the AI revolution. He's got an insider's understanding of how technology like ChatGPT will shape healthcare. An MIT-trained roboticist who worked for NASA, Victor has created a conversational avatar tool that cares for seniors and people with disabilities. Currently, there's a human in the loop, but as you'll hear in the interview, Victor has little trouble imagining a future where conversational AI is able to care more autonomously. Perhaps most telling and timely about this interview is hearing Victor's words of caution about the future of artificial intelligence in healthcare and the burden that rests on companies doing this work, the burden to get it right so that we don't have an AI backlash and lose out on all the ways this technology can help humanity at scale. Victor is brilliant as a founder and always a pleasure to sit down with, even on the noisy floor of a healthcare conference like Vive. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Victor Wang, Care.Coach. Victor, thanks for joining me today. Hey, thanks for having me, Logan. All right, just level set. What's Care.Coach? What are you building? We're coaching people to improve self-care for chronic conditions, various health risk factors, psychosocial challenges like depression, anxiety, and so on. And so we help get people healthier and stay out of the hospital. And so health plans pay us because there's ROI for cost of care and because there's ROI for member experience and like star ratings and Medicare Advantage. How do you do it? So we have a platform of solutions, and when it's a big health plan, actually it's important to know what solution to give to who. Okay. So one of our solutions these days is called Care.Coach Augur, and it's a predictive model. So we feed in the health plan's claims data and member data for the past couple of years, and we predict the next six months, approximately, depending on the use case, of costs. So we'll know like, these people are expected to cost this much in avoidable costs. You know, admissions to the hospital for chronic condition, you know, mismanagement, that's avoidable. And so then we have a, another solution called the Hospitality Hub. So the Care.Coach Hospitality Hub in Kansas 
will call up the people who are high risk and tell them on the phone. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we do multimodal, so we might send out text messages or postcards, but we'll let them, let them know, you know, Hey, your health plan cares. There's this great new service. It's a lot of fun. It's an avatar. It's a little dog or cat. Okay. And you know, makes it a lot more fun and easier to stay healthy, stay out of the hospital, stay independent. And we get them enrolled with this Care.Coach avatar solution. Okay, okay. And then Which is sort of the third layer? Or is that yeah. woven into the second layer? I don't know. There's a lot of layers. There's a lot of layers. <laughs> we're peeling back the layers. No, it's like, I guess it's all we're on the third layer at this point. Okay. So then the Care.Coach avatar, it's this device that we send to the member's home. And it's actually staffed 24-7 by people around the world. We call them health advocates. It's a tablet. Right? Mm-hmm. So on the tablet, you said a dog or a cat, mm-hmm. a cartoon. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Okay, okay. Yeah. And then what happens? And then we talk with people. We build a friendship. So we'll pray with people if they're religious. We'll talk with people about their kids if they like to talk about their kids. We'll actively listen as they complain about their kids. You know, whatever they want. <laughs> what <laughs> never happens. Whatever, whatever they want to talk about. And so we build a friendship day to day. So we talk with people typically 20-something minutes a day okay. on average. Net promoter score. Like 27 minutes? 20 something over 20 yeah that's a lot yeah yeah yeah. net promoter score these days is plus 86 very good and um yeah so build that friendship and then on top of that friendship you know if you're able to have conversations with people every day then you can affect their behavior so it's very different from just like a push notification on your phone being like hey time to do your pt exercises it's like your friend weaving it in like hey uh you know after this episode of seinfeld you you're going to be ready to do your physical therapy exercises? Is, is I'll the, talk you through it. Is the, <laughs> is the avatar that smart? Would it yeah. say after this episode of Seinfeld? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, people people like doing stuff with their avatar, like watching TV or listening to music. What does it mean to listen to music with your avatar? Well, the avatar will play music, actually. Okay. In fact, it's very helpful for kind of like, uh, you know, if somebody has generalized anxiety disorder, a lot of times an older person with multiple chronic conditions, they get an anxiety attack, they might call 911 yeah. when they don't really have to. Um, end up spending a lot of, you know, healthcare costs that didn't have to be spent. Um, and so what, what can happen if they have a companion with them in their home is they'll go to buddy, the avatar and be like, Hey, you know, my chest is kind of hurting. I'm, 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 should I call 911? And then we might have a whole conversation with them because we know some information about them. Sure. Like, sure. Mm, does your doctor know about this? I'm like, yeah, yeah. We, we talked about it. I'm like, oh, did your doctor tell you to do something when you feel chest pain? It's like, oh yeah, I'm supposed to take this medication. Got it. And it's like, oh. Meanwhile, you know all that behind, yeah, yeah, but it's, it's yeah, like, bringing it out of them. Yeah. And we'll be like, okay, why don't we try that? You know, I'll, I'll play your favorite Frank Sinatra song while we wait for it to kick in. Okay. And uh, there, there you have it. Listening yeah. to music together. Yeah. Uh, but it serves a healthcare purpose. And That's so fitting. there's benefits to the health plans. We get paid through various health plans like Medicare Advantage, PACE, or programs yeah. of all-inclusive care for the elderly for, for dual eligible plans that combine Medicare and Medicaid. How much of this is AI only and how much of this is individual behind the scenes? Yeah, lots changing, Logan, yeah. with AI. So, uh, so you know, thanks to, for example, National, National Institute on Aging, we've been funded to progressively add more and more automation to our systems. Yeah. So maybe three to four years ago, we started getting, uh, getting going with, you know, pretty simple AI, just automatically understanding, for example, when the avatar says, Logan, have you taken your afternoon medications? And you're like, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, I took it. Then we can classify that as, as a yes or no. And it kind of like creates some operational efficiencies. 
I say, uh-huh, and it knows. Yeah, yeah. That's a yes. Yeah, yeah. Or or, or if you're like, oh, yeah, I always take it. Yeah, in fact, like I, I ran out. I don't know how to get a refill. And then it's like, oh, actually, he didn't take his medications because he ran out. Um, and so we'll classify responses. But then you probably know about you know transformers and large language models and chat GPT, right? So, uh, so more recently, about like three-ish years ago, it started becoming pretty clear that this type of technology was going to transform everything. And then, you know, more recently, ChatGPT launched. But actually, the foundational technology behind it has been available for a while. Uh, We've been gradually integrating it into our system. So these days, the avatar will do certain types of, like, coaching or clinical protocols. Um, But then also, the the free-form part of it, Mm -hmm. like just talking about your kids or talking about some funny thing you saw while walking outside. Even that stuff, we can now have AI produce generative responses. Okay. And then the team behind the avatar can choose those responses. So it helps to kind of improve the user experience because it turns out the AI can actually produce a very empathic statement yeah. that references the transcript of mm. previous conversations with a memory that's better than a human. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it's pretty interesting what we, we can do these yeah. days. We have a new product coming out called Care.Coach Farah that basically uses this type of generative technology, very similar to what's behind ChatGPT, but, but trained on the million plus conversations per year that our avatar platform has to become empathic and, wow. and, and, and in this long-term relationship, yeah. healthcare supportive role and like scale the benefits of this avatar to millions of people fascinating let's talk about how people are responding to it because over the last five ten years so many conversations about how technology is going to reshape how we receive care and there was so much fear that okay i don't want to receive i don't want to go from seeing my doctor to talking to a computer there was so misunderstanding of what that meant and now you're actually doing it Mm -hmm. and you're getting responses you said 86 percent mps you people are spending upwards of almost 30 minutes a day talking. So the engagement's mm-hmm. high. So what are the really tactical things you're learning from people about how they actually feel about talking to a an AI avatar versus the fears they may have had seven years ago? Yeah, so it's important to kind of understand where we're at with the technology too. So, you know, the Care.Coach Farah product, we used to call it the Fully Autonomous Relational Agent. Okay. F-A-R-A. Okay. And then, um, and then you kind of see what's going on with big tech's deployments of this type of solution. And like, it'll say one bad thing and end up on Twitter. And it's not good for your brand. So actually, the way that we're launching it includes this, it leverages the team that we have. So we have this 24-7 team of health advocates. In and, Kansas. Uh, around the world. Around the world, okay. Yeah. Um, and then, um, you know, they're staffing this avatar. But then we can also leverage this team to approve kind of uncertain outputs of this generative AI or edit it. And so we set up what's called a reinforcement learning with human feedback loop to make sure the technology is constantly improving. Got it. And, and you know, we have the state of the art in empathic conversational so AI. Putting guide rails in, being smart. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, that way we can ensure a great experience because if you don't do that, you know, it's a, it's kind of stochastic or random Yeah, what, what you get. And in healthcare, you can't really take that risk. Yeah, they talk about the black box of ChatGPT. Yeah. Not quite knowing how it got you to where you ended up. Yeah. 
But I mean, uh, other than like embarrassing things you might say, you know, that end up on Twitter, um, the technology can get pretty safe. So for example, at care.coach, we train specific classifier models for safety. So for example, OpenAI, they have some sense of what it means to be safe or unsafe. Sure. We have a subtly different um, need to understand that. For example, um, if you tell ChatGPT that your food didn't arrive, it's probably not a safety thing for you. You're just, oh, yeah. Grubhub, bad yeah. delivery. But if you were like an 85 year old person living on your own with a disability and you depended on you know, Meals on Wheels or some food delivery to supply you for the week. Yeah. And your food didn't arrive. Yeah. That that can be considered a safety thing. So we train these classifiers to pick up on various situations that are relevant to our healthcare supportive role. And we're able to actually achieve safety measures. So we have a classifier for these types of situations. And the precision and accuracy at this point rivals like cancer diagnostics. Wow. So it, it's actually the technology... Wow. In many, yeah, in many ways, the technology is better than people are aware. Yeah. Um, especially when you have like huge data sets like we do around a very specific use case. And you're smart about how you assess that data. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, you still got to stay safe and you, you never know what people end up tweeting. So, yeah. <laughs> well, I was just going to ask sort of what do you think are people's greatest misconceptions about the application of AI, maybe conversational AI in particular in health today? Um, well, so we've done a lot of focus groups. Um, so like we did one with something like 60 Medicare Advantage, okay. uh, members and like, kind of like did some surveys as well, asked some questions. And it turns out that in an older adult population, there's a preference for framing things as like, a as like a technology supported expansion of a human delivered service. Okay. So there's still a perception of like desire of that human involvement. Yeah, there's there's still this perception that it's better to talk to a human than it is to talk to an AI, and so we you know we play along with that. It, yeah. it, as as we discussed, like the way that we're deploying this technology, there is a twenty four seven human team there to approve things that are uncertain or correct things that are low quality, and so we're 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 able to frame it in a way that our population. You know, except sounds a little bit like there's a disconnect between what people say they value and how they act, because you're talking about they're being pretty active with their avatar. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, with the avatar, they know there's a human behind it. Yeah. That with our care.coach avatar product, the fact that it's a human driven service is valued. And, uh, you know, both by our clients, our users, our individuals, as well as by our customers. So like these health plans value the fact that there's a whole team of health advocates staffing the avatar. Yeah. Um, it turns out that with care.coach Farah, that's also valued. Yeah. You know, like there's a very deeply ingrained understanding, I think in healthcare that there's, there's value to human touch. So that's kind of what our company does is scale yeah. human touch. Yeah. And even when you use the advanced technology and AI, um, you know, there is still value to that. The fact that, like, when the AI is uncertain, you get a real person. Yeah. And, and you can really ensure that there's real empathy back there somewhere. Yeah. There is real empathy. Um, and there's this kind of, like, safety or reassurance, knowing that 
you know, it's not necessarily just some AI model spits it out and like, no matter what, that that's what you get. And, yeah. Well, yeah. there's this understanding with ChatGPT that it very well may give you incorrect information. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's a little and, warning label, right? Yeah. Maybe that's okay if you're just like brainstorming article ideas or something, but yeah. is that okay if you're coaching somebody with seven chronic conditions? Certainly not over a large population where, you know, yeah. small percent error is a, is a huge Yeah. Issue. So we have to, the technology can be very safe, but we have to make sure it's super, super safe for yeah. what we do. And we have a certain responsibility to do it right because, you know, we have this, we've, we've been doing this 10 years through Coach Avatar. We have a lot of domain experience. We have a lot of data. We have this 24-7 human team for the reinforcement learning with human feedback loop. So we're in a really special place of responsibility yeah. to make sure that this technology is deployed properly in healthcare because otherwise some other startup's going to screw it up. Yeah. And, <laughs> and you, you know... You have a moment in healthcare where it's like, whoa, the technology like caused somebody to hurt themselves. We got to stay away from generative AI now. And if, if as an industry, healthcare stays away from generative AI for patient facing or, you know, member facing use cases. Um, I mean, the, the technology is evolving so quickly. Yeah. That's an interesting statement for you to make, just that, that responsibility you feel. Yeah. I mean, you, you were an MIT-trained roboticist. Like, you you know you know what you're doing. You're at, really at the heart of this evolution in technology. And you're like, we need to do it because I know we can do it right. Yeah, and, and we need to achieve... So we're about to launch Care.Coach Farah and Medicare Advantage, and we need to achieve outcomes like, like high NPS, high engagement, uh, improvement in member experience, like improvements in medication adherence like real outcomes uh, such that, you know, we, we can we can have the value proven and like, you know, have this kind of technology ingrained into what, what happens in healthcare as opposed to like, yeah, I mean, if something bad happens because of some other company, like yeah. kind of mismanaging how they deploy this type of technology, um, healthcare is gonna be so far behind. This yeah. technology is evolving so fast and has so much potential to solve the caregiver crisis, like multiply the efforts of physicians, multiply the efforts of nurses, care managers. Um, is it overwhelming sometimes? It right. <laughs> Does it feel overwhelming? Uh, it feels exciting. Yeah. 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 And you feel like you're at the right place at the right time? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But you know, with great power comes great responsibility. Yes, yes. So. yes. <laughs> um, how many people will be using... Uh, Care.coach by the end of 2023? By the end of 2023, um, we're thinking with, with Farah, it's going to be several thousand. Um, there's there's some like final details yeah. to go about. What does it look like? This is a scalable concept. What does it look like to really start impacting people well, I mean, at a it, massive it, level? Yeah, it's our mission to improve the health and well-being yeah. of millions of people. And, you know, with the human-staffed avatar that could get to tens of thousands, but yeah. in order to actually improve the health and well-being of millions of people, we need this type of AI. Yeah. Interesting. To actually solve the caregiver crisis. Any, to just to close out, any interesting stories of, of people really connecting with their avatar and kind of embracing AI in a personal way? There's so many stories, Logan. Yeah. <laughs> do they send them in? Do you like, how do you hear about what's going on? Um, 
Yeah, I mean, we hear about it from from like our account managers or from our customers. Uh, sometimes we get like handwritten letters from our clients. Okay. We're also in the DDS, like Departments of Developmental Services and IDD or like Intellectual Developmental Disability Space. So, um, so we help a lot of people, 18, 19, early 20s even with autism spectrum disorder. Oh, wow. Cerebral palsy, Down syndrome. Um, and very similar stories, like we... Um, our our head for sales in this area he actually used to be a customer he, in the massachusetts department of developmental services and he had a he was a service coordinator for a while and actually like, worked with this population and he had one person that got an avatar um they were going to the hospital for psychiatric reasons okay. like multiple times per month okay. and then they gave him his care.coach avatar he started talking and kind of being able to have somebody actually listen to them, listen to their frustrations, um, and kind of just be there for them, and has not been hospitalized since. <laughs> so amazing, um, yeah. And then and then um, and then Brian was like, "Wow, these avatars are amazing," and like joined our team. So <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. So, hey, you didn't set out to like cure his problem. This these are sort of downstream, you know, impacts. Yeah, it's really different. For everybody, exactly. I mean, that's kind of what we that's do. What is we, we build these relationships with people, and you know, like in programs of all-inclusive care for the elderly or pace health plans, like on average, the average pace participant has seven point nine chronic conditions. Wow! So, like, which of those are your chronic conditions? You know, every everybody's different. Yeah, and uh, you know, loneliness isn't even considered a chronic condition yeah. technically, even though it effectively is one. And so, so people, you know. People have their own challenges, and we're there to help. Interesting. Victor, always great to talk to you. Yeah. This is a fascinating moment in time for Care.Coach. Uh, you know, I'm excited to see you really scale up and start impacting massive uh, numbers of people through through Farah as you, as you keep evolving as a product. So, yeah, thank you. Too. Yeah, cool. Thanks for listening to Startup Health Now. We'll be back again with another episode next week.